welcome everybody to the show. Uh, we're doing something a little bit different today. We love interviews. We love uh, document literature-based discussions. Um, uh, and today we're going to do an agile game. Uh, people who have worked in the agile space are well aware of games for the good or the bad. But this game is kind of cool because this game is uh, nothing but trick questions. So it's like an Indiana Jones of agile knowledge, right? Um, and so what we're going to do is we're going to kind of go around and we're going to say true or false and then make a statement. And uh, the other person, the other people have to have to say, OK, I'm going to say true or false. And then and then the person who posited the question will follow it up and say, OK, you are false. You know, you fall in a trap hole on some spikes type stuff. And then we'll talk about that. And the reason why this is interesting is there's there's real fine distinctions in things. And many things can be true in one sense and false in another. I'll kick off today's true or false challenge with this. Number one, number one, true or false, agile requires less planning. I would say that is false. Agile still requires some planning, maybe not less planning, <laughs> but a different type of planning. Ah, pretty, pretty, pretty good. What do you say, Mike? I'd have to mirror that. I totally agree with Rick on that. It's a, it's that's false. You're right. It's a different type of planning. I think it requires more planning, in my opinion. My take on it, and Justice, I'd like to hear kind of your your response. But my take on it is, it requires that planning. It, when I say different type of planning, it requires planning, not so much up front, but throughout. Okay, you guys are doing pretty good. <laughs> my, my, <laughs> real good, real good. In fact, it's, I'm modifying my question here. Okay, so <laughs> I'm modifying my answers. Okay, agile means um, uh, less plans, less planning. I'm going to say false, and uh, so I'm in agreement with you guys. Mm -hmm. And and and, and it, uh, my answer here is it means a different kind of planning in that it's a um, short planning of shorter units. Mm -hmm. AKA iterations, right? Um, but nevertheless, a ton of planning has to go because you have to think, how do we have uh, ideation, uh, you know, uh, architectural work, design, engineering, mm -hmm. uh, uh, quality assurance, uh, testing, automation, and, you know, business approval, and then release in public. How is that even possible to happen in these short units? And that's the type of... Uh, hardcore planning that's needed. But a secondary question or a secondary answer I have to this is also it includes long-term planning because these short units, they result in a value accrual. I've been, I like this term a lot, value accrual, which means they build up on each other themselves are valuable, but all come together. They do result in longer term release planning. So, yeah. so yeah, you guys got it right. Yeah. Cool. You got another for us? You want me to go again? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Go again, sure. and then I then I got one. I okay. Got cool. One. Cool. Cool. Okay. Okay. I really like this one too. All right. True or false? Agile means uh, no documentation. I would respond to that with a resounding false. I, false. I would I would follow up with that with a false as well. I see. I, I went easy on you on that one, guys, because I could have said less documentation like I did the first <laughs> one. <clears throat> but um, this is also I have. Uh, it is true that it is false. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I see what you did there. Ag Agile, um, because here's a here's the deal. Uh, Agile means less traditional documentation. And by that, I would say that it, the traditional, like comprehensive upfront documentation is replaced with working descriptions, on the fly working, um, you know, uh, criteria of satisfaction in the form of user stories. So there's that. But then on top of that, um, there's an augmented type of documentation in the form of self documenting code. Mm -hmm. That is in the software space. The, the code in production is the ultimate expression of how the thing works. Mm -hmm. It's, it's collapsed into the same, the same entity. 
um, what it does and how it does it is a part of the same code base as it were, you know? So it's a whole, it's a different way of thinking about documentation. Cool. I've got one. All right. True or false. Uh, Kanban doesn't allow you to determine uh, release date or time frame for release. That is big time false. <laughs> yes. I'm going to, well, well, that I is, guess it depends on who's doing the Kanban, right? <laughs> so, all right. Well, just let me hear Hold on. Let me hear the question again, just so we're not being tricked. Yeah. Let me hear it. True, true or false? Using Kanban, the framework Kanban, doesn't allow you to determine a release date or time frame. It doesn't, doesn't have, allow it, you. It doesn't have the ability to do that. You, you can't do that while you're using Kanban. Or I'll even, is, I'll, even, I'll even soften a little. It makes it difficult to determine a release target date or time frame. So that... I'm going to say that is that is true because how is it determining what one if you are using kanban can you use an estimation justice your your answer was i'm going to say totally false totally and false the answer is false and i am going to make this as rudimentary as possible because um, no matter what framework you're using, right? Even if you're not using a prescribed agile framework, you have an idea of your number one, your throughput and how much a team can do. And even if it's a brand new team, you have an idea of how much there is. And you can just use basic math to say, this is how much we think we can do. And this is how much we've got. Thus, this is the thing that we're targeting. This is the date that we're targeting. Now, there's obviously more detail that we can drill into there. But I have heard it said that, oh, we use Kanban because either we don't know what we're going to be working on and when it's going to be you know, targeted for a release date, or, hey, we use Kanban and we don't know when we're going to get things done. Um, and that's that's not the correct way of answering that question because you still can get an estimation. You can still target a certain time for a release. The, the trick there is, yes, Kanban is more fluid than you know, the start stop overhead of something like a scrum framework. But the trick there is to understand where you want to release at what point in the amount of work you want to release and what is considered part of said release. Once you understand that you can say, here's how much we've got, here's how much we can do. And here's what we're targeting. Good stuff. Yeah, that's real good. That's a good one. Alrighty. I'm going to throw one at you guys. Here we go. True or false. Agile is only for software development. Hmm. That's a tough one. No. <laughs> <laughs> it is not. It is not false. Totally Justice? true. Totally true. <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. That's false. Well, yeah. well, it is true that it was originally developed for software development. However, obviously, it's been adopted by many companies in numerous fields, whether it be finance, marketing, communications. If you look at the state of Agile report, it shows an extensive list of companies that have even adopted Agile um, within the past few years. And, and many are adopting it because it gives companies and teams the ability to manage changing in priorities. It helps reduce project risks and cost. Um, it helps with team productivity. Guys, am I, am I missing anything else you guys want to add to that? It can solve all of the world's problems. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say world hunger. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Now, good synopsis. Now, now, practically, it is it is interesting that it, it's it's just used so much in software and not in other areas. That it's like you certainly get, get that impression, but um, but yeah, yeah, totally yeah. agree. Cool. All right. I've got another one, but who wants to go next? Uh, yeah, no, go for it, Rick. Okay. So, true or false? Um, in Agile, release checklists or some sort of a release approval council are necessary. Uh, they're a necessary gate for Agile delivery. True or false? You need to have a release checklist or some sort of an approving council or uh, multi-level approvals for release in Agile. I'm going to say that's definitely true. Um, one, you have to have a target date. So, well, let, let me let me rephrase this a little bit. If you've got work that you're working on as part of a team, um, you've got work that you're working on as part of a team, and 
you have a date already defined or a target date already planned out and you're working towards that when you get to the point that you want to release um do you need a checklist to kind of say we did all this this is done this has been validated yada 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 and or a group of people saying yes we approve this release it can move forward yes yeah i'm not talking about people doing you know various testing and stuff like that or regression testing i'm talking about as you're ready to release, do you need to run through a checklist, have extensive documentation, and have a kind of an authority, uh, authority kind of saying, yes, it's ready to go? I'm going to say a hard yes. Okay, Justice? I'm going to say no. I'm going to say a hard no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a hard false. Um, because if the process that you're using, if the framework you're using is built to ensure that those steps are you know, validated at each, each kind of, uh, along the way, each milestone along the way. So you've got stuff like you're doing development, then you're doing code review, then you're doing some level of testing, you're doing some sort of quality assurance validation, and then you're doing a, uh, you know, a product review or product ownership review, you know, all that stuff should be kind of done as part of the workflow as part of the process within that framework. So all the stuff along the way is kind of being validated until you get to the end when you're doing some sort of ultimately some sort of check on the code like regression, right? But um, you really don't need to then say, okay, we've done it all. And now we're going to take it to somebody else who may or may not even be familiar with the work to say, did you do this? Check. Did you do this? Check. That stuff should be happening along the way. That's why we build and, and use frameworks, right, to validate what's going on as it's going on. Um, the other thing is, um, you, the, the concern around, you know, you want to make sure that the people who are validating this stuff are the people that are actually working on this stuff. So in my, uh, not only opinion, just based on experience, that is not necessary. You know, I'll, I want to add to that, that maybe it helps to think about it in terms of, um, I think it's it's somewhat vestiges of the old world, right? Where you know you you have a department, and they do one thing, and then where then they're done, they hand it to the next, and mm-hmm. the the testers are a part of another department, right? Whereas the whole the whole idea and vision of a truly cross functional autonomous team is that they have all the capabilities to take something to use the phrase from soup to nuts. Yeah. from ideation all the way to delivery and that even that idea that this can't go out unless some wizards in another tower bless it and step through and check everything it's like well you know this stuff should have been checked as it came through and then the team should have the ability to release on their own um and and really if if you push this to the nth degree even the idea of large releases is being shrunk so much that you know you have companies like the the leaders of all innovation are saying you know we we release to production a hundred times a day mm-hmm. think about are they doing a checklist a hundred times absolutely not that's the full vision of continuous integration continuous delivery and so you want that whole security to be built into the very system itself yeah that's that's a great way of kind of recapping i mean that's that's a good uh add-on i appreciate you saying that and and, you know one thing i just wanted to add as a caveat too that's not to say in doing this and and kind of following the the thought that justice just had that's not to say that you can't kind of plan and anticipate and and uh, relay when you think you're going to put something out there into the wild but you don't have to have it go through a myriad of gates and like i think you use the term have someone else in some tower bless it it's um it should be based on the the you know the workflow the framework that the team is using and they should be able to say this is when we're going to be done it's been validated we're ready to roll let's go on to the next thing cool that's a good one i'll throw it out there go for it all righty true or false developers often meet throughout the day for more detailed discussions about adapting or replanning the rest of the sprint's work. Hmm. This is an interesting one. Yeah, I think it's true and false. <laughs> I don't know how to how to say it. And so I guess if I'm re- if I'm understanding the question, um I would say false because we really shouldn't replan sprint work that we've committed to. Um, based on the whims of development, unless there's some applicable reason. However, 
it is true that development team team members um, can meet at any time, right, to talk about specific things. And there may be scenarios where things come up where, you know, sprints, or even if you're not working in the confines of, uh, you know, start, stop, calling them a sprint, you can still change things um, if there's if there's a need, right? Yeah. And that's something yeah. that you should discuss with a team then too, to, to kind of make that change comprehensively. So I would say in, in context of what you asked, false, but I think there's some truth to that. Okay. Justice? Yeah, there's a, there's a few things in that that are the tricky parts. You said developers often meet throughout the day. That's is a very different question if you said should, right? So right. You're, just, you're describing what happens. Yeah. Well, developers may be, you know, uh, playing ping pong all day and not writing any code. Maybe some, maybe, or, you know, I don't know, right? So it could be. So, but developers often meet throughout the day for more detailed discussions. Well, there's certainly a place for that. It is a team and there's pair programming and, and kind of shadowing each other. That's a strong kind of practice in this space. Um, but it says that they, they meet for more detailed discussions about adapting and replanning the rest of the sprint's work. I would say, you know, the um, the daily standup, uh, the the daily scrum, whatever you want to call it, right? That that daily touch point is designed in such a way for a full team coordination. And part of the consequences of that is a diminished communication overhead. When something's said, it needs to be said only once, and every ear hears it, right? And so that that kind of touch point coordination should be and is is it tempts to be enough where everyone can shoot off to their own corners then and kind of like plow away and get, you know, the eight hours or a good day's worth of progress and come back for another point of coordination. Um, you know, no matter how good somebody is, if they're being interrupted by someone popping the head over the, the cube wall or busting in their office every few minutes, it will be impossible for them to truly write complex code. You know, it's just it's just such a difficult endeavor, requires so much attention that the, the time has to be protected where they have minimal interruptions. Yeah. So I'm going to say pretty tricky, but I'm going to say false. I would agree. Mostly false, but okay, there could be some elements of truth. But yeah, yeah, I agree. So it's it's here's so it's true. Developers often meet throughout the day for more detailed discussions about adapting or replanning the rest of Sprint's work. And here's why. Here's why I think it's true. Um, there could be a lot of so that you brought up the you brought up the uh, the daily scrum, the stand up, um, where you talk about you know what you're going to do today, what you did yesterday. Are there any impediments? There are often times where developers or even you know QA people would just elaborate and start discussing in detail with tickets, and oftentimes the stand up could go from 15 minutes to 45 minutes, who knows, depending on how long those people talk. So, um, yes, it is true that developers can meet throughout the day to discuss more uh, about tickets or replaying or adapting because it's it's protecting the daily scrum or the, uh, the stand-up. I see where you're taking that, you know, yeah. like better better to to broach the blocker and then come away from stand up and get into actually solving the problem because unpacking some complex engineering problem is not the place for a 15 minute team wide deal. And so it's appropriate for that to fall outside of that period. And for those conversations. So I kind of see your thought process there. Cool. Justice, Justice. I think you had one. Yeah. Give us another one. Okay. Yeah. True or false agile means faster. It's a good That question. is a good question. Ah. <laughs> hmm. uh, I'll let Mike answer and then I I think the goal the end goal is are you creating valuable software? Um valuable working software. And I think another goal alongside of that goal is um how can you, within the framework and this in the ceremonies, or um, if you want to call them ceremonies, I know there's there's debate about not calling them ceremonies. Um, the other end goal is to figure out how to deliver 
valuable software in a quicker manner. Um, so, so say the question again one more time, just so I'm not getting tricked. <laughs> Agile means faster. So I'm going to say it. It does not mean faster. Mm. I, I would. This is a tricky one too. Yeah, <laughs> I think there's some truth and yeah. And the way I would put it is, you know, kind of narrowing some of the things uh, to my thought that Mike just laid out there. You know, if you're doing, uh, if you're if you're working in a framework that's the right fit for a team, Agile should give you more effective work practices and a, a faster feedback loop, so that you're delivering value at a faster pace and you're getting the feedback to ultimately deliver what a, a stakeholder uh, or an end user would want or would need to use. So, you know, you may not be delivering the whole thing faster, but you're delivering parts of it in iterations faster and you're getting uh, feedback as you go along so that you can pivot and deliver better value, more value ultimately. Uh, and, and you continue to iterate that over that and make it better over time because unlike something and i'm going to use the term waterfall unlike something like that where okay you give me all your requirements i'm going to bang it out as quickly as i can uh yeah you can get that done pretty quick uh or in some cases it could also take very long but you're not really you know understanding hey has something changed or do you want something different so agile doesn't necessarily mean faster it just means more effective working practices and also better feedback, quicker feedback. Um, so no, false. I don't think it means faster. Uh, I think it means something different. Yeah. Okay, guys. You guys pass the test. You guys get to, right. get the sticker for this one because this is this one. I was so proud of the trickiness of this one here. <laughs> uh, I'm very proud of myself here. Agile means faster is false, right? And um, this is what I would say. I would say. And Rick touched on this a little bit, and you know, you got it too, Duffy. Agile means getting some of the right things sooner, right? Mm -hmm. And the, the three operative words there are some, right, and sooner. So some yeah. that touches on like, you know, a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. Okay. Better to have some value sooner than all of it later. Okay, mm -hmm. because we get benefit from that immediate smaller piece of value. The second word, right, right, because getting the wrong thing at light speed is not helping anyone. <laughs> mm -hmm. And there's that there's the idea that feedback loop and that feedback loop, not just within the organization, but I'm talking the, in the market feedback loop. Like, is this what users want? Mm -hmm. Right. Um, so so some of it, a subsection. Um, right. It's what people want. And sooner, like, hey, uh, better to have some now than more later. But this is a really good point, I think, to remember when people say, well, we could just do this faster because you could like get the specs of some huge thing, spend a long period of time, line up the different people, the different epochs, do all the architecture up front. And you could get lucky and do it in such a way that there's no major re-architecting, rethinking and be like, see, see, see. But it's like, OK, well, you got it in six months. We could have had something, um, you know, after two weeks mm -hmm. and then that that something could have informed the thing we wanted in the following two weeks. And then one, you know, two months in, we could have said, we'll go in this direction, which has a totally different impact in the market. Right. So so it, it, it's, speed isn't everything you it's want more res responsive than, than yep. that. Yep. Exactly. It's more agile. <laughs> okay i got a good i got a good one that follows up on that kind of you know it's, i think okay. it's a good one to write uh -huh. that details of that question um true or false agile is just process for process sake <laughs> true <laughs> true a hard no. true the truest no, of all no. the questions so i assume you guys both think false but i'd like to know why you know because because here's the thing i hear that a lot I hear that a lot from from engineers, from people that I don't work with, uh, from people that I've just talked to casually, and from other people who are like, "Hey, you know, my crew over here, we're we're all you know super you know architect level people working together on certain things, and we don't need all that." 
you know, we don't need to, we don't need to implement a framework. We don't need to follow any sort of process. We're just going to kind of get things done and let you know what we do. So, you know, the, the argument there is that there's too much overhead or that it's, again, it's just process for process sake. So what are your thoughts on that? I assume you guys would both, you know, honestly think that's false. So why? Right. So this is, this is even tricky for me because it, the framework in, in Agile, if you're doing Scrum, Kanban, you have a framework. So it is a type of a quote-unquote process. However, this is, this is tough for me to answer because... So I'll jump in here. Go ahead. Answer my own question just a little bit. You know, it is a process, right? I mean, all the things that we as Agilists kind of consider are ways to do exactly kind of what Justice just said a few minutes ago, deliver something, would you say, the right way, something sooner, right? Or something like that. Yeah, some uh, of the right things sooner. Yeah. So, you know, what we're developing are frameworks to allow us to do that. And in essence, those are, you know, consist of processes, right? Um, but what where I think there becomes some kind of level of confusion is why we do those things. Right. And what's the rationale for why we do those things? And a lot of people kind of get confused on, you know, and, and maybe it falls on us as agilists to kind of articulate why we're doing what we're doing. Um, and so we, we set up processes kind of as part of a framework to to be guide, you know, guide rails, um, not only to protect teams from pitfalls, but also to kind of put teams and, and groups of teams on the same level playing field so that we can understand number one how how things are performing how teams are performing when things are going out the door we want some sort of a consistency to understand that kind of a stuff but also we want to make sure that we're able to quantify what we're doing and make sure that we can change those processes uh, based on a team or based on a program over time so um, you know agile is a process and frameworks do have processes in them, but they're not just for process sake. And so this is where I can go into all kinds of tangents on, you know, reading a book on, on some sort of agile transformation and implementing some sort of large scale framework may not be the most effective thing, but you need to make sure that you have the right fit when you implement some sort of quote unquote agile at, at a team or an organizational level so that you can understand what's going on, set up the, the guide rails for the groups of teams, and then make sure that you can adjust and tweak those things over time. Yeah, I, I would, I would uh, kind of add to this that um, even if you were working by yourself and mm -hmm. you're producing something, you're going to follow a process. Yeah. It's your own personal process for creation. Okay. As soon as you add another person, the, the potential for misunderstanding or complication grows. You don't share a mind, no matter how close you are. So a more explicit definition of who's going to do what and what the expectations are, um, the need for that grows. Every additional person you add the combinatorial expansion of the possibility for coordination failure increases dramatically. Right. Right. And so I'm not sure, you know, uh, everyone has a process and the more people that are working together, the, the greater the importance of a process. The question is this, is it a good one? Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Bingo. That, that that's the question. Okay. Now to say our process isn't good, is to say, awesome, that's a starting point. What's not good about it and what could we do to make it better? But to say we don't need one, mm -hmm. um, it's, it's a, it's a self-deception because it's unavoidable. Like it, to work together with anyone in the simplest things. I've been married a month and three days and I realize, you know, we have, we have to have, um, it's easy to have misunderstandings on, Oh, oh, but you were going to do the dishes, but you clean your own bathroom, but I cook the meal. Who takes out the trash? Oh, I was going to leave trash till the morning. You know, we need to up our process here to avoid confusion, misunderstanding, right? So, um, so uh, yeah, all that to say, man, yeah. is, is it a good one, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, you know, my biggest thing, right, is, and I, I think where there's in just a, just a gap, and the discussion being had by agilists and professionals is, you know, you can spend a lot of time and money implementing frameworks and processes, but you know, 
a lot of times I don't hear too much about are we looking at what we're doing, what we're implementing and why we're doing it, and are we revisiting it and trying to adjust as needed? Um, so that's a really good kind of take on it, Justice. One last thing to throw in here. The uh -huh. crazy part is if anyone says this statement, not just about any system, but about like basic Scrum, mm -hmm. and they say, oh, this is this is too heavy and process for process sake, then I welcome them to look at other systems yeah, of project exactly. management. Um, because this is the simplest, most reductionistic type of approach to mm -hmm. producing creative work. The amount of man hours and thought that have gone in to say, listen, fundamentally, this whole thing is boiled to like, you know, a few events and a few entities that we speak of. It's it's so reductionistically modeled mm -hmm. that, um, you know, I imagine if you take that away, the type of insane kind of systems that over time will replace it. People will be like, can we go back to the simple stuff? You know? So, yeah. I mean, and without going into a tangent too, like, you know, that falls, I've seen it happen. Even when you say, Hey, we are going to follow um, a scrum framework and we're going to do it as simple as possible, you know, with, mm -hmm. with mm -hmm. a few extra bolt ons as needed, you know? Um, but that if, if you're not, kind of tending that as an agilist too, and uh, making sure that you're observing what framework you use and making sure that it's the right fit and making sure then that you stick to it. Even saying, Hey, I'm, I use a scrum framework can get out of hand very quickly. Um, you know, so you're protecting the team, but you're also protecting the, the framework and the processes to make sure that they are the right fit and the, and doing what you want mm -hmm. for them. Um, and that, all that to say today here on the Modern Agilist, we are going to roll out our own framework home base, right? Now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I even I, simpler. <laughs> yeah, super simple. No, I mean just one it, page. But you could call you could call an agile framework whatever you want, right? It's just you have to make sure that you're operating in a I think the simpler the better, but also the right fit for a team. So I'm just yeah, uh, that could go many. I could talk for hours on what do you do, how do you implement it, how do you protect it, you know, how do you revisit it. I think this is all good conversation that you guys brought up, and it it could spur hours for me. So that was a good one, right? Yeah, that was a good one. Justice, you alluded to uh, uh, bringing bringing more people onto a specific team on a, on a certain team, um, and there's some there's some debate out there whether or not you can have more than a certain number on a on a scrum team so true or false here it comes you can't have more than nine people on a team tricky tricky you know i don't feel bad about saying depends because i think i heard like jeff bezos or somebody say that smart people are like in a sense, they say, in a sense, or depends, or change their mind a lot. So I'm, I'm going with that on a lot of these. <laughs> I suggest, so not just Mike. Could you could you just re reread that question? Yeah, you cannot have more than nine people on a team. So interestingly, I was reading a while back, and I can't find it right now, but it was a Harvard Business Review, uh, you know, article, and. Um, they came up with, and, and I don't recall all the research or even if they expressed it all in the article, but they came up with like the key number for a team of, of anything is six. The number of people on a team. Six. Like, the most effective is six. Why, why is that? Um, they, I mean, they found that larger teams, as it got larger, it got increasingly confusing. There was a lot of like, you know, just excess there. Right. And uh, it was a lot harder to coordinate larger teams. Six seemed to be, you know, you could still communicate effectively. It was manageable. And then smaller teams, um, you know, there were a lot of times where people were doing too much, you know, and there was just a lot of stress involved, that kind of thing. So they found that six is manageable. It's not overworking people. And it's also not causing and introducing a lot of confusion. Now, I, I'm not saying, you know, I don't know. I don't know how they came up specifically with the number six, but you know, science. Thing, yeah, I'm sure there is. I'm sure there's a lot of research in science. But I, I was thinking when you were when you were talking about this second ago, is 
I found that when you get larger teams, yes, it's a lot harder to, to kind of identify what's going on. It's harder to coordinate. There's confusion. But you find when you get these really large teams that people kind of self-organize sometime into mm-hmm. smaller teams within that larger team. Yeah, so you end up getting like small teams by default. People kind of gravitate towards, you know, working in smaller groups that are, you know, sometimes specialized or highly effective in certain areas. So if you have a large software team, you know, it's doing soup to nuts, like Justice said a while ago, you sometimes find that these these experts and front end pieces or, you know, specific iOS developers are all kind of just naturally congregating together and working as a, a subunit on these teams. So um, I would say that the, the question, can it be larger? I would say shouldn't be false. Um, could it be true? <laughs> uh, what will happen? Probably you'll find people that, that end up working closer with a subset of one or two or three people. So. Yeah, I would add to this. My answer would be this. Um, you can't have more than nine people on a team. I'm going to say, if my life depends on it, I'm going to say false because can't's a strong word, right? But uh, from a from a safety standpoint, I'd probably go with the person that believed that, even though I don't think it's necessarily true every time, just because um, based on a few things, you know, so much literature talking about the magic number of team size being seven plus or minus two, um, Amazon's uh, two pizza rule, Jeff Bezos, that takes, that's the teams of about, you know, the teams of about size of nine and then research from like, you know, Dunbar's number. That's more like a larger number of people you can have a meaning, meaningful relationship with, but even that can be like decomposed into, into this idea. So there's a lot of thought that's gone into that, that, that number. Um, And so but is it possible to have larger? Because here the, the funny part is that in some instances, like in certain forms of like open source software, that's like totally open source, you can have thousands of people contributing on a single product and not real clean lines on, on the team um, what we think of as teams. And so maybe in some sense those would be unusual animals and violate this thing but i'm gonna go with with the smart folks and my own experience and i I would say it's ideal but uh, the universe probably won't crack into if you have more you know and i'll also add that i think jeff bezos's pizza's model is flawed because i easily (laughs) house three quarters of a pizza right (laughs) (laughs) it depends on who's on that team (laughs) two pizzas very hungry people yeah (laughs) it's interesting you brought the the two pizza or the pizza thing up uh i was reading an article on on um it's agile out loud wordpress by uh zach boniker and um it, it, he was answering the question you can't have more than nine people on an agile team um and i won't read the entire article but he was talking about how you know small teams it makes sense to have smaller teams there's there's fewer relationships to navigate there's fewer unique personalities to understand there's less communication overhead uh generally an easier path to self-organization um, but in the end of the article, he basically says, if the team is creating and delivering valuable software and it's more than nine people, if it's not broke, don't fix it. I mean, you can have more than, you know, six, seven, nine people. His, his point was, if the team is delivering the valuable software, then okay. Um, but, um, I'll read in his last paragraph. He says, if increasing the membership size of the team eliminates dependency, start there. Doing so is agile software development, which is self-organizing team with the ability to to deliver valuable software. Once there, the agile principle of retrospection will help you improve the system of work to reduce complexity, overhead, and likely team size. So with all that, the answer is false. Cool. That's a good one. I have a question, spontaneous question. Uh, Here we go. Is it true or false? Yeah, I was just going to say, is it true or false? True or false. Um, Can an entire organization be considered a team? Can an an entire organization be considered a team? Yeah. Uh, Yes. True or false? Yes. It's a 
it's a team within multiple teams, but with without those small multiple teams, it's not going to create the overall team, if that makes sense. So a team, you're saying, could be hundreds of people. So it could be over nine. Yeah. So this is getting on that. What what is the team, right? Yes. This is where you're getting in that self organizational principle where if you have a larger, if there's an unspoken or unformalized kind of natural subdivision in there, you may still end up having two teams that just work very closely together. Right. Right. And maybe that's a topic for a different show, but the whole idea around self-organization and what happens if you don't define, you know, the constraints of a team, right? What naturally occurs. And, you know, if you, if you set up a couple guidelines, say this is what we like, and you just kind of let it, let it run its course for a bit, how you can structure that, how you can let that happen. And what ultimately results is you've got a team, which is an organization, you know, and maybe a subset of that is a, is a program or a couple of programs. And then underneath that, you've got feature teams within those feature teams, you've got collectives, right. Of experts or leads or, or people who are very interested in working on X. Um, you know, so I think it, and I'm, I'm being a little bit, you know, theoretical, right. But uh, I think a team, the term team is, is what you make of it. It's, when we look at teams, though, the way you're you're expressing it, Mike, I think is looking at as as a group that's trying to achieve a specific thing over a specific period of time, or set of things. Yeah. Even even the the, the research though, the same kind of thinking behind that team size nine, mm-hmm. you know, exists at that larger organizational level at that like Dunbar hundred fifty mm-hmm. level, whatever. So mm-hmm. like. You know, you see people who like, I think scaled agile framework does this where they're like, okay, well, when you have this many teams, this represents a, you know, whatever they call that. Right. And then, and then now you, now you have, you need to use the, um, large scale, you know, safe or whatever with the idea that, you know, there's always another level of abstraction, but it just Mm -hmm. can't go on forever. You don't have like, we have 5,000 scrum teams, you know, it's like they're broken out into some further subdivision of some sort, you know, so that as humans, we can think about it, you know? Yep. No, I I fall. And I'm just kind of asking this question to kind of just, again, be a little bit theoretical. So, yeah. yeah, that's cool. All right. True or false? Agile is a set of practices and terminology. Hmm. And I can uh, elaborate if you guys would like. Another tricky one. Another tricky one. Practices and terminology. True to an extent. Yeah. All right. So for this one, I'm going to say false Ooh, tell us oh why. interesting okay, tell us okay. why because agile is less a set of practices and terminologies as much as it is a set of principles and values and a shift in culture okay now that oh sound- i see so nice. you're saying you're saying agile as a as a agile right like the, the categorization not necessarily a framework i follow okay okay yeah that's oh uh, yeah because here, here's what happens, right? You have a organization that has no experience or knowledge in agile delivery at all. And they have a meeting every morning in which the, the management talks to the engineers and says, uh, let's review your work and how you're doing. And, uh, you know, it's a real slave shop, right? And so then the leadership says, you know what? We're going to revamp. We're looking for investors. And, um, you know, we're going to revamp, we're going to go modern, we're going agile. They rename the morning meeting daily scrum. Then they rename some of their other meetings. Uh, they say, well, instead of the roadmap meeting, we'll call it uh, sprint planning. And, um, so what they do is they just take on some of the language and then they start doing some of the things that kind of make them look a certain way. Now I'm going to say what they've done is kind of a, uh, lipstick agile they just acquired some of the language but 
but as far as the principles and values and a culture shift has not taken place. So I'm really going to militantly oppose the idea that it's a set of practices and terminologies. Now, if, if the principles and values are in place and there's a culture shift that's happening, right, then that results in some, some change in language, but just changing language doesn't mean the ideas have changed. Um, okay. So I've, I've got kind of one question here to kind of, kind of round those out and this is maybe a little bit more abstract or but it is a true and false true or false um everybody should run some sort some flavor of agile every everybody team, should every team should run some flavor of agile true or false everybody should be agile i'm gonna say false because not everyone can be agile like if, if your company whether it be software development, I, IT, communications, marketing, if you adopted the Agile framework and it works, then it works. But, you know, I, and, and maybe one of you two could, could tell me off the top of my head where, where there's a field where it can't work, but um, I don't think it's for every single team. So, I'm, I'm going to say uh, I'm going to say false on that one. What about you, Justice? Uh, this is a real tricky one, and uh, I may not even be able to give a, an answer on this. But I guess I would say, just dropping terminology, are we saying that every creative uh, production process should do it in such a way that they kind of have short um, uh, windows of delivery that informs future um delivery so you know quote unquote release early release often fail early fail fast like mm -hmm. is, is this is this a thing i mean like the only reason that kind of exists is because it, it, it's a complex environment right and you don't know what's going to happen but what if ignorance is not the issue what if you're dealing in an environment where there is no change in the environment mm. so it's not like you learn anything by releasing early and often and then that does inform i can't i don't know what what that is mm -hmm. um because it's in the in the open marketplace you always want to know what the customer wants or maybe it's something that's been so commoditized that there's just no experimentation and it's just a matter of capital expenditure of like just you it just takes a lot of money to go in like internet service providers you know just and that's a different thing i i don't know man that's a i want to hear your thoughts for sure on this the the way that i look at it is that i mean certainly there are things that you know catching a fish right <laughs> catch the fish you can't you can't catch part of a fish and then go back and do a little bit different get a little more you can't you can't rivet a rivet you know I'll put in a little bit, see if that's a good rivet, and then put a little bit more. You know what I mean? Sometimes <laughs> you got to do things, right? There are functions. Do it. Yeah, there are, there are functions, right? But then there are these, these macro functions, right? The building of the building, the design of the building that you're putting the rivet in, right? The methodology that you go about when you go fishing, right? Or how you uh, produce cars, and the method that you go about producing. So there, there are these sub-functions, right, that you, you can't necessarily equate to and i'm not saying you can't be you know, you know flexible right but you can't necessarily break them down and say this is a we can do this with an agile process and we can we can review it and change it and get things out quicker and do it partially and you know see if there's some feedback there's there's sometimes just no need for that right um, but i feel that many times right the reason that things are done factor into larger macro functions of what you're trying to accomplish and I think that in most cases, and I'm not saying all, oh, I'm going to leave that open, but in most cases, people and teams can can execute in an agile fashion and not necessarily saying they have to implement a specific framework or follow a specific set of processes. Like you said, Justice, it's not just necessarily practices and terminologies or maybe even take a step farther, the processes or frameworks, but it's it's more of a set of values. And it's more how you think about going about doing things. So I think that everybody can act and, and operate and function in an agile man manner. That doesn't mean every step along the way has to, has to do that, but everything can kind of work together in a way that you can do things 
in a more iterative, welcoming of feedback and uh, flexible way, you know, so that you can, yeah. for example, if you're a fisherman, right, you can say, well, we went here last time. Let's go somewhere else this time. Let's see what we we did differently. Let's try this, something a little bit different. Let's adjust and let's revisit. I, just same same thing like that as we can do with with teams and with the releasing of software and, and in other industries as well. Inspecting and adapting. Exactly. One thing, just real quick, that this is this question is the trickiest of all the trickiest questions we've thought of. That's it why remind, I put it. <laughs> it reminds me of we we're talking with a mutual friend a few days ago, uh, Fred Coos, and mm -hmm. he was like, he was like, he doesn't like even the term waterfall because he thinks it's a characterization of something that really wasn't wasn't mm. being done yeah, the way people care. And so here's the question then. Um, what if a team or some projects iteration is a year and not two weeks because it's like mm -hmm. a fundamental protocol update to you know the backbone of the internet right is that so agile okay well what if their iteration is two months so it you know in the larger scheme like at what point is the iteration like no that's too large like so it really it, it's it's a really interesting question that's a good one right yeah i mean and i think that that question it it brings up questions in my mind too you know mm -hmm. yeah you know what what is agile what are frameworks how do you can you can you have frameworks that are a little bit different than you know the traditional things that people have done but i think it goes back to what you said a few minutes ago where it's a set of values right and and uh and some some guiding principles uh, less so you know terminology processes and stuff like that so i mean i think that the idea of being agile not to be not to make a pun here it can be agile so. <laughs> good thanks again for listening to another episode of the modern agilist podcast where we examine and discuss all things related to agile and large-scale software delivery you can find the latest podcast episodes and our latest blog post on our website themodernagilist.net you can also find our podcast on apple podcast google podcast and spotify and if you enjoyed listening to our content please subscribe